was baptized three years ago, a lifetime in the church, but decided to make it his own, a youth leader and a member in good standing. But Tuesday, he turned violent. Eight dead, all salon workers, simply tragic. Robert Aaron Long, a 21-year-old Georgia native, grew up in the church. His dad was a pastor. Three years ago, he decided to get baptized. His previous conversion wasn't right, but something else wasn't right, his heart. He says he's addicted to sex, and he frequented a number of massage parlors in Georgia to feed that addiction. Tuesday, he decided to terminate that addiction. Eight dead, all Asians, which has led to questions if this was racially motivated. It's not clear yet, but what is clear? This was a hateful act. Jesus said, if your eye tempts you, gouge it out. The problem is you, not them. Sin that Christ died for, the power to change, comes only from him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Thursday, we're still in a series called Resurrection Power. At Christmas, we often hear the words of the angelic host in Luke 2 that tells the shepherds, peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And we see this phrase, peace on earth, all over the place at Christmas time. But it's not just for Christmas. Peace belongs to Easter, too. Without the death as well as the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope for peace. We're in a series this week, Resurrection Power, And we've been looking at the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, where he shows us that the power of Christ's resurrection includes peace. Peace between God and people, and people among themselves. In a moment, we're going to look again at this ancient hymn found in Colossians 1. But before we do that, I want to return to Nashville. All week, we've been talking with award-winning singer, songwriter, author, Andrew Peterson. And I asked Andrew to help us open Haven today by explaining a song he wrote about peace called God Rested. Here's what he told me. So when we were in the middle of making the album, I I had this like last-minute opportunity to go to Jerusalem, uh, to go to Israel on a trip. And I had never been before, and I was working on an album about the resurrection, and it felt like a good reason if we were going to postpone the, the the recording so i hopped on a plane we paused the record i went over there for about two weeks and uh we got to jerusalem on friday evening as the sun was setting for rosh hashanah which is the jewish new year yeah and uh and we went to the western wall of the temple um as the party was starting right for sabbath mm. and uh it was just you know people singing and weeping and dancing and laughing and I was kind of up there in the middle of it with them all and overwhelmed by the beauty of the story and, and kind of just the old Testament part of me was geeking out over, (laughs) over being like at the, you know, at at the center of where the action was, you know, like the temple was right over there. This is Mount Moriah, all of that stuff. But then, uh, then the sun went down and the city went to sleep Mm -hmm. and several of us went out on a walk at about 2 AM through the streets Mm -hmm. of Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. uh, on Sabbath. And it was just bizarre, the contrast between the bustle of the city yeah. right before the sun went down to this peaceful, calm, quiet. 
And, uh, and knowing that this is how God wrote into the history of the world, that this is the day that Jesus would have also mm-hmm. rested in the tomb. Um, that when God uh, declared the seventh day of creation, a day of rest, he knew that he would also rest in the tomb <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on that day in anticipation for the first day of the week. Right. And so it's just like, yeah. it, it kind of blew my mind to think about like the, the storyteller, you know, putting, putting that foreshadowing yeah. in the very first book of the Bible. And, uh, and so anyway, God rested is about the interment in the tomb of Jesus and, uh, and the anticipation of uh, Easter morning. So they took his body down. The man who said he was the resurrection and the life was lifeless on the ground now. The sky was red as blood along the blade of night. As the Sabbath fell, they shrouded him in Dressed him like a wound The rich men and the women They laid him in the tomb Six days shall you labor The seventh is the Lord Six he made the earth and all the heavens But he rested on the seventh God rested He said that it was finished And the seventh day he blessed it God rested Seventh day he blessed. 
rested. The amazing words at the beginning of Genesis. One reason why I enjoy Andrew Peterson's album, Resurrection Letters, is that he brings that phrase to life in a new way. He reminds us that in the grave, Jesus was the God who was resting once again. But taking our sins down into the grave, he assured all of us that we may find rest as well as peace in him. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris in a program called Resurrection Power. I want you to have your own copy of Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters, Volume 1. As I've been saying all this week, this is the Easter album you need this year. The music is soul-stirring, as you just heard. And the deep lyrics tell the story of Christ's death and resurrection in a very powerful way. So call us after the program. Make a gift to support the ministry. And make sure you ask for Andrew Peterson's Resurrection Letters 1. And by the way, the version we have includes the prologue with five extra songs, including God Rested. Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and listen to samples from all of the songs on the CD, and then make your gift at haventoday.org haventoday.org. We opened our time together thinking about peace on earth, but as we look around, we might be tempted to say that this declaration of peace by the angels failed. Very few years in the last several decades have been as conflicted as 2020 and 2021. Our political parties don't just disagree, they even hate one another. Politics and moral matters are dividing families and even churches. Where is the peace that God has promised? Well, the answer, I think, is found in a handful of powerful verses in Colossians, an ancient Christian hymn written in praise of Jesus. He is the risen Messiah. And because he has been raised from the dead, everything has changed for us. We may not see peace all around us yet, but Christ holds it all together. He has reversed the power of death. And if he has done that, then all the chaos we see in our world is no match for him. Let's look at a couple more verses from this hymn. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Colossians 1, 19 and 20. In these two short verses, we learn where true peace is to be found. It's found only in Jesus Christ. And when we take hold of him by faith, the peace of God becomes ours both now as well as on into eternity. When Paul uses the word peace here, he is, of course, writing in New Testament Greek. But the Hebrew word informing him is shalom. It's what the prophets were getting at when they envisioned a world where swords were beaten into plowshares. Weapons of war would become tools for cultivation. 
The peace that comes from God puts everything at rest. Shalom means that everything that is broken now will one day become healed and whole. But the problem is that apart from God's grace, we're at war with God. From the beginning, we humans have chosen the way of disobedience. We need for God to come down to us so that we can go back to Him. And thankfully, that's exactly what He's done. Paul says that God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Christ. The Israelites thought that the long-awaited Messiah would be a man, but they didn't bargain for that man to also be the true and living God. And that's what Paul was saying here. What's so wonderful about Jesus is that he has our human nature. He truly became a man, but he remains the true and living God. The fullness of God dwells in him. His majesty, glory, wisdom, and grace, all his perfections are found in Jesus. And so only Christ can really accomplish the peace we need. The one who died on the cross was truly a man. And so... As a man, he really died. But because the one who died is also God, that payment for sin was acceptable to God. That's why Jesus is the only way. No one else has the fullness of God dwell in him. You know, sometimes we can talk in ways that make it sound like the Father was really angry with us. But Jesus is the nice one who comes and saves us. But that's not right. Paul says that this salvation pleased God the Father. It was pleasing to God that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal Word of God came down from heaven because the Father loved us and desired to save us. Wherever you find yourself in your Christian walk, or maybe you haven't started that journey yet, the good news is God loves sinners, and He offers us peace through His Son. Everything that you see as being stacked against you is taken away by the death of Christ. He has made peace by the blood of that cross. It should have been your body broken and your blood shed, but Jesus stood there in your place. He received punishment, but we receive peace. If only you would put your trust in him alone. But that peace doesn't actually come to us without the resurrection. When Jesus rose from the grave, he met his disciples in John 20, and he said to them, Peace, shalom be with you. My shalom I give to you. It was his to give away, because he had conquered sin three days before and risen in victory over it. The Holy Spirit, whose power brought Jesus back to life, is the same Spirit who brings the peace of God to you today. You may not see peace all around you. I don't. Your life may feel like a wreck today, but the shalom of God goes beyond all our present circumstances. It is the peace that passes all understanding. That's resurrection power, and it's something we need now more than ever before. Once we have that peace, what begins to happen? Paul says that the peace that Christ accomplished on the cross has led to reconciliation He says, through Jesus, he reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. This same apostle says in Romans 8 that the whole world is groaning. All creation is under the curse. We fight with each other, 
and so do the animals. So often, nature seems against us. We hear record-breaking storms. We walk through forests and we get scraped by thorns and briars. Not just our bodies, but the whole world has to be redeemed. Paul says that God is taking away all the hostility in these relationships. That's what reconciliation is. Taking away conflict, tension, and strife so that all that's left is harmony. All things, whether spiritual or earthly, are being reconciled to God. And he's doing this through Christ. Think about what this means for you as a follower of Jesus. It means that your heavenly home will be glorious. One day when Christ returns and glorifies us and gives us glorified bodies, we will live together with him in a world that's been totally renovated. The curse will be gone. Creation's groaning will come to an end. It's kind of like what many of us experience every year when winter turns to spring. A frozen season thaws and gives way to a season of brightness and bloom. It's like the world is made brand new. But one day, he will really do it. Jesus will return. And while this world will pass away, he will establish the new heavens and the new earth. He's reconciling all things to himself. But this reconciliation isn't just good news for the future. It's good news for you and me today. By Christ's resurrection, the Spirit gives us the power to live it out right now. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells his followers that if a person has something against them, they should go reconcile with them before offering a sacrifice at the temple. Jesus and his apostles say time and again, love one another. Love covers a multitude of sins. Bear with one another. Why such a push to reconcile with others? Because God is reconciling all things to himself through Christ. And because he lives, your life can be a life of reconciliation. Look around you today. Who needs your forgiveness? Who needs your kindness and compassion and care? With all the strife in the world around us, Christ has given you a great gift, his peace. Shalom. Share it with others. If we do that, then even in a cold, hard world, as winter once more leads to spring, our Christian love will shine out the love of Christ. That is shalom. And that is the power of the resurrection. And so the winter dies with a blast of icy wind Like a mournful cry it's giving up the ghost again Another sheet of snow melts away to gold and green Look at Peter go, he's racing to the tomb to see Where has my Jesus gone? He is not dead, he is risen
dreamed of this Could never understand the end of all those promises How all the pieces fit Every star and grain of sand Is safely hid in Jesus' hand Let every tongue confess He is not dead Few artists today, let alone Christian artists, can tell a story like Andrew Peterson in a song. Even better, Andrew's story songs lead us to the great story that we love so much here at Haven today. And that was a story song about the resurrection called Risen Indeed from Resurrection Letters Volume 1. Here on A Haven Today, my name is Charles Morris. Well, I asked Andrew Peterson to explain and share with us why the resurrection was so important for him to sing about. It's the center of the whole thing, man. Like it, it, it was amazing to you know re- to read the New Testament through that lens. You realize that every sermon that was preached, like hinged on the resurrection of Jesus, the mm-hmm. bodily resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, if that didn't happen, this is all a waste of time. Um, like you know, I, somebody asked. Uh, I heard somebody talking recently about like, okay, why are you a Christian? And the answer was because I believe the resurrection happened. Mm. Like, that's it. It's not the, that Christianity is a is a better way to live. I think it is, mm. but that's not why you're a Christian. It's not just a philosophy mm. by which you you live. Like, there is this uh, this fact that happened in history that we can't wiggle around, which is that this person named Jesus was God and he loves mm. us. And so, uh, anyway, yeah, I just I, I once I realized. You know that, that that was this central part of the gospel. It just has changed the way that I live my life. Andrew Peterson gets it. Easter is not just once a year. It's a year-long celebration about our risen Lord. And your heart will soar when you listen to his latest album called Resurrection Letters One. In many ways, it's like listening to a concept album that tells the story of Christ from the cross as God rested to the first moments of Christ's resurrection as his once dead heart begins to beat again. And it concludes with two mighty songs of worship reminding us that he is worthy of our praise and that he is seated at the right hand of his Father, holding all things together. That is something exhilarating for us to hear. I want you to have this special deluxe version of the Resurrection Letters 1 album that includes five extra songs from his prologue EP, The number to call and make your gift right now 
is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Get in touch with us now so we can send it to you by Easter to enjoy. Or visit our website and listen to samples from all the songs on the CD. And then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you'd like to hear more from Andrew Peterson, we have a full-length interview with him talking about his music, his faith, and how the resurrection affects his everyday life. It was a delightful conversation, and you can hear it all on our new podcast called Great Stories with Charles Morris. You can find it on your favorite podcast player, or you can also find it there on our website, haventoday.org. And a quick reminder, we still have copies of the Puritan Documentary DVD for your gift to the ministry. I'm Charles Morris, and thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow on Friday? But again, we'll be sharing together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In the Christian life, there's a constant exodus out of the old and into the new. Abraham called to leave behind his life and enter into the new land that the Lord showed him. Israel left Egypt and discovered the promised land, but Isaiah the prophet saw something more. In 43:19, the Lord declares through Isaiah, See, I am doing a new thing. Just like the seasons change, the Lord was bringing change, a new life a new world. The Messiah will turn winter into spring, and he'll do it by going through winter himself. God is doing a new thing. He's turning our hearts into fertile ground. By his grace, our hearts will bear fruit. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.